This is PW Torch VIP editor Wade Keller, along with PW Torch columnist and VIP analyst Rich Fan. And this is everything with Rich and Wade. Good thing we're here for Wednesday, February 28th, <laughs> 2024. Uh, Rich, um, we are uh, on the road to WrestleMania. We're coming out of Elimination Chamber. I'm sure most people listening to this had a chance to hear you and Todd and Kelly Wells filling in for me as host, doing an, an, an I was going to say admirable job, but a great job. Um, uh, in my in my place as we were scrambling over the weekend to try to find a time everyone could get together and, and it it just wasn't going to work so um so so ended up working out so I, I if you haven't though I, I encourage you all to uh to check out the pay-per-view roundtable um it was a fun discussion um with with uh, all three of you so we had a fallout from elimination chamber on raw on monday uh there's a number of things we can talk about we'll start with just kind of the top story which is they're really building up to The Rock responding to Cody on uh, on SmackDown on Friday. What What is your read on where we're going with this? I talked with Jason Paul about it yesterday on the flagship. Um, uh, and then uh, a Monday night on Raw, it was certainly a, a key topic on the post show. What's your, uh, what's your thinking now? Do you think they've given, up, given us enough clues to piece things together? Or is it still pretty up in the air? I think it's still up in the air. And I, I also think that this is a question of not just availability anymore, because I believe the rocks on the next three subsequent SmackDowns. So my, for me, if, as you and Jason mentioned, if there isn't going to be like a Tuesday in Texas situation, are they going to have like a Friday and X is like, they want to get the biggest number ever on a SmackDown on Fox with Bodie and the rock. Otherwise, I mean, the only other thing Rock has going right now is probably tracking down and uh, eating up Jake Gyllenhaal because of uh, one of his co-stars uh, recently mentioned uh, during an interview that uh, an actor she worked with yelled at her and made her cry on the set of a movie. And The Rock was like, who was it? Tell me, and I'll have to straighten this dude out. And he, as of like two hours ago, she just followed him on Instagram, I guess, to DM him who it was. So uh, if, if, if you don't like what's going on with him and Cody, you can figure out what's going to go on with him and the guy who just remade Roadhouse, which also is very hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be that. I think there may be a raw, a raw like lead in to whatever the big SmackDown event is. And if they're not going to do it on television, I got no idea because they've talked yeah. about tag match. They've alluded to the tag match during uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, even on Raw, like, you know, the the, the, the breadcrumbs are everywhere. And I, I know as per WWE policy, that means we were just not smart enough to pick up on the clues they gave us. And it was all a good plan the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to think that's not the case, Wade. And, and, and elaborate on that. Like, where do you think the plan <clears throat> changed and when when was it locked in and hasn't changed? Or do you think they're still figuring things out? I think the Cody versus Roman is locked in. And everything else has been nebulous. Since, I'm sorry, arrival. sorry, Rich. Since the kickoff show, or before that? I think before that. So you think they made up? That, you think they just created? Or I, for clarification's sake, because I, I, I think I know what you're saying. But I want you to be clear so no one is misunderstanding. You don't think they plan to go with Cody Roman all along, and the Rock thing was just a swerve to in order to turn him heel? No, 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 no. I okay. think that for Levesque. This has been something he's been working around since the announcement of whenever Johnson was going to be on the board and whenever Nick Khan gave him that heads up of, well, I know you don't, you're probably not going to like this, but dot, dot, dot. And and that that was just, and and my understanding was that was just a a couple days before the rumble. Like that's when that, when, when concern, because Cody had expressed concern I'm, I'm, I'm saying this not just to tell you and the listeners, but also to kind of recreate it in my head because the timeline is so yeah. – it's been so wild, such a wild ride. But Cody had said in interviews in the lead-up to the Rumble that he hopes nobody shows up and, and disrupts a story that they've been telling for a year. Um, you know, sort of passive-aggressive. Nobody would be that uh, mean um, and intrusive. And then they got confirmation a day or two before the Rumble. Then there was the backlash, which caused him to reconsider it. And then my understanding is at the kickoff show, and, and I asked around on this, and I feel pretty comfortable saying that it went as planned. They didn't have, like, alternate plans based on crowd reactions. They weren't like, well, if Rock gets cheered, we'll do one thing, but if he gets booed, we'll do the other. 
that went as it was structured. And my understanding is they are not changing their mind at all since that kickoff show. And I'm sort of reporting, I'm reporting this for the first time, that my understanding is they have not hedged, they have not changed, or I mean, they might augment little details, but they are on a, a clear course now. Well, that, that, that helps, and that makes yeah. sense, because Cody has never been one for, uh, shall we say, uh, he doesn't have a good poker face with certain things. And so when he had those interviews and he said, I don't think this is going to happen, I fully, based on the facts you're providing into this conversation, see it as, yeah, at the time he had that information, he was told, don't worry about it. Then this stuff happens, and he kind of worried about it. And then things went the way the plan is, and the confidence we've seen both on television, in comments, when he's with media, he's been the same person. I think for the tag match, for whatever they want to do with The Rock, Whatever they've gotten him to agree to do, whether that's him staying around long enough to have additional match or matches, or whatever the plan is with Gewurz, as you're reporting now, if that's locked in, that's great. But I think at the time when all of these things were kind of thrown at everyone, the appearance of chaos was both a happy accident and also, I think, Levesque doing what he does best at times, which is lean into bad situations and try to make them as good as he can do. I think as a booker, he should be lauded for what he's done in that regard. And it's interesting to me that that's the one thing he has kind of had his hand on, whether it was uh, at the time in NXT, his best wrestlers being poached or being sent back down, depending on like the mood of his father-in-law and just making lemonade out of lemons or, you know, kind of sitting through what happened with Nick Khan and NXT 2.0 and much like with the rock. Oh, you guys tried that thing. It didn't work out. Let me help you or let my friend help you. And it's not like Paul Levesque doesn't have uh practice uh, doing this. Cause he's been dealing with Vince McMahon's meddling in his booking, right. you know, calling up people from NXT and putting them on raw with a complete disregard for what their NXT storyline was. Um, you know, just ill-timed call-ups inter- intervening in what he was doing, even if he was mostly hands-off during the the takeover, you know, black and gold era. So, you know, this is sort of like, oh, God, not again. But also, I've been through this before. Right. And he's not the type of person to be woe is me anyway. I, I, I look at what's happened there. And, heck, even I don't know if you saw it when they did the uh, social media upfront stuff for uh, CW and NXT where he really seated the floor. He was there, but he seated it to Michaels. Yeah, And so he gets to be the Triple H pointing at proud person from NXT with title, now with one of his best friends taking over NXT. Yeah. yeah I know like five years ago this week on the flagship, um, we were talking about Vince McMahon and Hunt and Triple H in the power dynamic. You know, this is something he's been, and, and that that flashback will be going up in a couple days here that people can listen to. But this, it's not a new thing. It's just different. It's just different superiors now, Rich. But yeah, he's right. uh, he, he's you know, I'm sure he'd rather not have to deal with it. But you know, he knows it comes with the territory. Middle management. It's just middle. Welcome to middle management he, in it, America. I think Adam <laughs> Pierce is the embodiment of Triple H behind the scenes. The on-air Adam Pearce character is yes. inspired by what Paul Levesque goes through. Um, and we saw that body language at the kickoff show, you know, when Rock confronted him backstage. You know, like, there, there was mm-hmm. sort of like, it felt like a natural posture for him to take um, that we don't see when he's Triple H, you know, the, the King of Kings doing that whole thing. What well, you can continue on if you have more to say on that, and I'll add this to what I want to hear you talk about, which is, do you think it's a good idea if they do Rock versus Cody on a SmackDown in a week or two. Um, is, is that too much to give away on SmackDown? Or is it, I mean, even if even if it feels that way, I know it would be fascinating to see what kind of number they can pop. But is that the right use of The Rock? Why give Fox, I mean, it's weird, but why, why give Fox that rating when you're leaving the network? I think it's not just giving Fox that rating. It's giving WWE a record on broadcast television in the modern era that they haven't had outside of like, you know, they could talk about the stuff from back in the day when we only had three channels, but I think getting on SmackDown, doing it on Fox, it's a risk. Sure. But if they have the rock for multiple matches, I think that'd be really cool. I think that would be one of those marquee things on the road to WrestleMania. And given, you know, when we get to AEW, I know you and Jason talked a little bit about like attendances and things like that. When you see the crowds, when you see 
the shots of the established audience. Having knowledge that you might see The Rock and Cody wrestle, you're going to have a molten crowd. That is going to be a really cool experience. Now, if it becomes the tag match and it's not the one-on-one match, I think that might be a little better. But honestly, unless it ends in a no contest, one of Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, or The Rock would be getting pinned prior to WrestleMania. And so that might be... uh, where I would have pause. Mm, interesting. You, yeah. You, yeah. It, it's one thing when Drew did it, but there was so much time between now when that happened before Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. But when you look at the timeline between the three or four SmackDowns he's going to be on, the way I see it is if you if you did the one-on-one and you have Cody coming in and then there's a disagreement or an accident, in terms of how the bloodline tries to interfere on behalf of the rock that leads to some sort of, if not a no contest, but something that leads to him feeling like it's tainted. And then you have some issues. And because that could lead to like some of the, it's rotten in the state of Denmark. Who's looking at whom did solo spike rock intentionally, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I do. Do you think the odds are greater uh, for Seth and Cody against Rock and Roman, and that's how Rock sort of answers a challenge, or or however they get there, or do you just do you think Rock Cody has more appeal, even if it doesn't include Seth and Roman, who you know in a, in theory would add star power, but you know singles matches tend to be bigger than tag matches, which is why they headline WrestleManias. To, although I think not, not last would... year, but usually. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I think it would make sense for it to be Rock and Cody, which makes me think, especially given uh, his social media, in my opinion, his social media blunder aside, this could lead to something where Heyman gets the contract changed and The Rock thinks it's a singles match and he makes it a tag match because Roman either said it's better for the family this way or something like that. You know, like something where now you're like, now The Rock is looking at Roman like, oh, are you are you calling the shots for me? And then that adds to that kind of like, are we seeing things the same way? Are we on the same page, singing from the same hymn book? Insert your platitude here. Yes, yes. So we have another uh, player in the mix, um, just not, I won't say stealing the show, but certainly having a, a great run. And, and I, maybe in some people's opinion, stealing the show, and that is Drew McIntyre. Um, he's found a way to not get lost at a time when Rock is back. And Cody is getting this big push. And, you know, so many things are focused on the SmackDown side of things in the bloodline. Talk about what you thought of what he did on Monday and where he c- kind of continues to fit in on the periphery of of this flow chart of, of Roman or Rock and Roman and then Cody and then Cody aligned with Seth. He's, he's the, uh, uh, as the, uh, I want to say it was Mr. Randolph. Uh, as well as someone else said, you know, he's the straw that stirs the drink right now with a lot of everything going on. Mm -hmm. It is so great to see him pretend to be a baby face while clearly leaning into his heel tendencies. The, the, you know, you and Jason mentioned the, we mentioned, we are going to WrestleMania and you know, the, the t-shirt, the fact that one of the best selling t-shirts on WWE shop right now is his, uh, arrow inspired slash you know uh arrow slash flash inspired uh cemetery meme shirt uh him changing his finisher or in addition to having you know the 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 future shock ddt and the claymore he now has the go to wrestlemania which he says you know he's going to use now because clearly you know cm punk can't use it like the fact that he keeps bringing cm punk up is this like ah we I can't make it to, you know, the doctor's not going to clear you. Who do you think I am, CM Punk? Like, those sorts of things that just, he's so good. He has hit his stride in a way, uh, you know, years ago when when you had me on for, like, the flagship. I mentioned I loved his run and evolved before he came back to WWE because he played the role, similar to this, of a guy who was trying to save Johnny Gargano from the evils of WWE. And in every time he would do these dastardly things, he'd like knock his own tag partner out. Because at the point, for those of you who don't know, I, you know, it, it, their their tag team was 
McIntyre was in TNA, and then uh, uh, Galloway, I guess, at the time was in TNA, and Johnny Gargano was in NXT, and he's like, you know, you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, and and then finally he kicks him in the back of the head, and he's like, you know, you didn't want to listen to me, I'm trying to save you, and then magically one weekend he's, you know, he does all his his uh, his usual WrestleMania uh, WrestleMania weekend shows, and then jumps in a car and he's going to show up on you know at WrestleMania in Tampa, uh, and so that that sort of thing is just great for me. I, I I think that this role is great. You know, I've, I've seen several of our colleagues report. Uh, uh, I think it was Mike Johnson, uh, Sean Rossap, amongst others, that while he has not signed anything, there's hope he will. But the fact that they're running with him like this, despite not having had him sign, is, you know, again, more evidence. Again, as you said before with Levesque, this is a level of confidence that I don't think McMahon has had in the past with wrestlers. Mm-hmm. If they were, they're either in or they're out. And so, you know, they could be building a character that they let walk out the door. But I think they have the confidence and uh, confidence in him and what their plan is for him that he feels like this is something that can stick and keep him afloat despite The Rock being there. Despite, let's say, Cody finishing the story and despite guys who are on the periphery like a Gunther or a Damian Priest or uh, insert person here, like maybe a Lashley they heat up. He feels like he has his own sphere that he could float in, and I think that's great for him right now. What What is uh, the rest of Drew's year looking like if thing, if he does resign? Um, and I, I've heard he hasn't signed yet also. Maybe that was a, close to a week ago I heard that, so I mean it's possible they fast-tracked him because he's getting pretty red-hot right now. Um, but what did does – I mean my thinking is he, he beats Seth at WrestleMania and CM Punk comes back and they headline SummerSlam and they just draw it out. Um, until SummerSlam, but maybe maybe they want to get to that sooner. Um, what do you, do you do? You like that path? Is there another path you like? And and how about the pace of things? I like that path. I also like the path, and and I know it's it's interesting because it's so meta, and then it's also so good with his character. And for those of you listening, I apologize for the nasal state of my 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 voice. Uh, working amongst uh students of a certain age. Uh, my 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 nervous system and my uh, my my body is fighting it, but you know not always will it win. Uh, I, I'm blaming you for not teaching them proper hygiene, so they just stay illness free. Oh, listen, there was one dude who just started hacking, oh, no. and then just grabbed the top of his sweatshirt and then pulled it over his head and then kept going. And I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like this is this is like uh... my 11 year old has better. Like I was like, I'm yeah. This is I, I just really I should have just laid down right there and just asked him to take me to like one of those emergency like science class showers. <laughs> like you, if you get the, the stuff in your eyes, it was like, all right, that's fine. I, I it's been it's been a couple of months. It's it's my time. Uh, but hazmat Drew, suits would be helpful. But oh, that would be great if I could be the boy in the bubble like uh, John Travolta and just walk around like that. But not last, you know, that that won't work too well up here in the Pennsylvania. I don't know. Drew, on the meta side, this is a great reward for doing what he said he did, which is lead them and be a top guy during a really difficult time during COVID and being able to have that reward of winning in front of a crowd, albeit as a heel. And so the only thing to me that I thought would be fun and would undercut that would be, of course, Damian Priest cashing in and taking it from him. And then you know, going from there. But your point about CM Punk, I heard you and Jason talk about this. And my only rebuttal is that is, uh, I think about like from a football standpoint, CM Punk is the last player I would want to try to come back early from an injury. Because we've seen Mm -hmm. like he's had such a litany of injuries. I want him to take every day. Hey, hey, I'm ahead of schedule. That's great, buddy. We got you out till September. We will see you September 1st. Like, just keep out. Like, so as much as I would love to see him at SummerSlam, I think Punk needs to maximize that rest. And honestly, that gives him time. Uh, You know, this might not be something that Triple H cares about, but it might be something he still cares about for him to kind of tighten up a little bit. Because... He really did make that jump from AEW to WWE, and he was working hard to get himself in the cardio shape. But, you know, that allowed him to kind of be competitive in terms of 
Because you look at everybody else on this roster, especially the guys that came back, they're ridiculous. I mean, everybody is in the best shape of their careers Mm -hmm. on the roster right now. I think that's born from the competition. Like even watching, you know, my favorite ascending talent that needs them to be in that main event scene eventually and Dominic. Like he's starting to figure out what his I'm an adult pro wrestler body looks like instead of I'm the young son of Rey Mysterio or I'm the uh, you know, smallish, waifish uh boyfriend of mommy. Like he's starting to build himself up a little bit too. I'm looking forward to seeing like how he ages and ages out. And I know this has nothing to do with Drew, but as a side, the moment he completes the eternal circle of wrestler dating a far more physically dominant female compatriot as Eddie Guerrero did with China. Whenever he finds that person to cheat on uh, Rhea Ripley, it, <laughs> it better be worth it because I think they wasted it. You know, whether it was like, you know, you had your Tories and all that with Kane and all these other things, like you got to find somebody that's going to be worth it. I, I know you guys talked about the idea of uh, Naya. Uh, I, I would like to see, like if she's ready, you know, she's not a heel, but if if you were going to have Jade, like, and, and have him as kind of the same role as uh, Mark Sterling, only as a paramour that she keeps shutting down. And she he probably wouldn't be able to say, like, cut the crap. Well, she'd probably have to change it to cut the crap because WWE does not allow a lot of the foul language on their regular schedule of te- television programming. But I, th- I think that would be hilarious where he's just a cowed boyfriend or attempted paramour to Jade and Jade just wants nothing of it, but will allow him to cheat on her behalf. Um, anything else on Cody, Rock, Roman, Seth, Drew? Seth Drew. Oh, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think one of the things I would be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, just with all of that, just bad form by Paul Heyman on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it. No. But people were highlighting how uh, hot the tribal chief and the bloodline are on Fridays. And Heyman quote tweeted someone who used uh, the serviceman who emulated himself to protest everything going on in uh, Gaza. And Heyman quote tweeted it as like, hey, this is how hot we are. And mm-hmm. he has done some really, said some really inappropriate things over the years and kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I, as with anyone, you know, if anyone's listened to everything with Rich and Wade, I've, I've been pretty clear like on things I stand for or where I stand. But, you know, Paul, he's been pretty out there with his statements. He said some wild stuff, uh, whether it's about pro-Trump or anything like that. And that's fine. The person is and the character don't have to align. But I thought that was especially when it comes to someone uh, dying and someone really like like this isn't Christian being cute. And this is something they've okayed. This is someone that recently, you know, gave their life in a protest. Yes. And you're using it as a joke to further a wrestling story like that. That that feels really nasty. If I'm the rock, I'm slamming the button down to have that sucker deleted. Okay, Gunther. What's going on with the Intercontinental title scenario heading into WrestleMania? A lot of moving parts on Monday's Raw. Yeah, I feel like this was one of those uh, Agatha Christie novels where you see like 15 people who could be the killer and you just don't know, like, is it the butler? Is it the the, the tennis pro? Is it the, the erstwhile uh, inheritor? You know, and so all these people want a piece of Gunther and that Intercontinental title. Personally, I'm with Jason. I want it to be, you know, someone had put up, you know, uh, I think it was either WWE on Fox or one of their affiliate Twitter feeds. Who do you want to see wrestle Gunther? I want to see Sami Zayn. I want to see him. You know, Philadelphia is supposed to be the place for underdogs. You know, I'm, you know, there's rumors that they're trying to get Sylvester Stallone to do stuff with Cody. Like, this should be a night where you see a lot of baby faces or nights where you see a lot of baby face underdogs get theirs. And I think Sammy's the best example of that. I, I, I could see if they're going to put the rocket and they're going to actually work with uh, Chad Gable, he's another person. But everybody else just seems like, yeah, you had your shot. Sammy for finishing his story. But Gable has, to me, the second biggest push in terms of a reason. Because he did get embarrassed in front of his family. And so that would be a great way for him to kind of make that right. 
that was a very WWE story, but done in an un-WWE way. Typically, you know, you set it up, it's in their hometown, and, and they're humiliated, and you just lean into it. They kind of just moved away. So that made me feel like, okay, are they going to come back to this? Is this going to be an opportunity? Because everything else that's going on with uh, Team Gable uh, or, or uh, Alpha, you know, Alpha Academy, rather, is just kind of silliness, uh, other than, you know, fans deciding to mock and berate Maxine Dupree. Uh, I feel like out of the group, Sammy works for me. If you're going to go with someone up into including a tournament or a, uh, I don't know if Gunther would want to do a Kurt Angle-esque, like I'll take you all on. And, and I know you guys mentioned a gauntlet, but like a gauntlet in terms of I will defend the title against all of you. So not in a four-way, but like how as many singles matches as I need to prove that I'm the most dominant <laughs> intercontinental champion. Like just keep sending guys out. Because I, I, I was, I was, I, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. I, I have to process that. I was just thinking, oh, the gauntlet match where it's sort of a random draw. Two people battle. The winner faces another challenger who comes out. Then the winner of that faces another challenger who comes out. And Gunther is waiting for the winner of that match, but it shouldn't be right afterwards because that wouldn't be fair. So you know, you have the you have the qualification gauntlet match on Raw, and then you have the winner faces him at, at WrestleMania. The idea that Gunther would be like, I can beat all of these people is really interesting because it's a way to protect Gunther if he loses because he can beat four people, lose to the fifth, lose the Intercontinental title, but not lose a one-on-one match. And, and that is if they want to take the belt off him to move him into the main, the, the, uh, into the main event scene. He's kind of already in there, but the top, top slot going after a world title. And the only thing I would say as a warning, if they went with my method, is you have to avoid using Imperium because that would just be, you know, I can't complain about stuff like that in the AEW and then let it slide with WWE. You you can't have the story of guy with stable helps him retain title and then the, either the same later that evening or the next night guy with stable <laughs> fails to help him, you know, retain his title. Like right. they they have to have a little bit of a variance there and i think the best thing for it is him specifically saying i don't need you guys especially the way he cower he you know he browbeats the rest of his stable but like, you guys stay back there focus on winning the tag titles or whatever you need to do i got this these guys are nothing to me and then on monday where were you you should have helped me that would be fun yes Anything else jump out from raw that you want to talk about just follow up from from elimination chamber becky Naya, Rhea, uh, anything more yeah, on that? Yeah, that was all right. Yeah. I, I, like I said, Maxine Dupree, that was the big thing. And I know that's popped off on Twitter. It started a debate amongst wrestlers, wrestling promoters, and fans in terms of what is allowable in a, in a, in a ring in terms of fan reaction to a person. And so for a newer wrestler booing her into like tears and like depression, is that like worth it? Uh, you know, Promoters are saying, if you want to boo one of my wrestlers, I will sit right next to you and boo right along. Uh, other folks who are co-workers of Maxine saying, you know, uh, who was it? I want to make sure I give the right attribution. Uh, it was, uh, I can't remember. It just fell out of my head. But, you know, one of her co-workers mentioned, you know, it made him stronger. He bounced back. It's like it's just one of those parts of being in the crucible, of being alive. Wrestling, you know having 13, 14, 15 matches and then wrestling Nia Jax on the road is does not a start make. Not everyone, I mentioned Merlin, not everyone's like Dom where he, can, he grew up on the road literally as he's learning this stuff. It wasn't like he had time and percolated. He did a little bit with Lance Storm. It, you know, came with his dad and off he popped. Not too many people can do that and not too many people have the pedigree of a wrestling legend as a father that can kind of keep you going so i feel like this argument is one that pops up often for those people who don't remember if you watch the older nxt so like the second generation there's one match that sticks out in particular and i want to mention it because of one of the women that's currently not in the wwe dana brooke if you watch dana brooke when she got sent down to wwe's uh nxt at the at that time they sold it like corporate center to beat oscar for the for the NXT women's title. People in the stands were reading books to protest Dana Brooke. And so when you're doing stuff like that, like that's just, that's fans will be jerks. And I find invariably, typically 
Uh, we even mentioned back when I was in New Orleans and I did the, uh, you know, represent the tour. Uh, people will do things at times, maybe to women and some men, then they won't to others. That's just the nature of people. You see what you get away with. People tried to heckle Bill Goldberg and he was like, shut up. I'm being serious. And then everybody shut up in the arena. So it, it's one of those things where I hope, you know, Maxine Dupree can recover from this. But in Triple H's case and his agents and producers or whatever they want to call themselves, maybe don't put someone out there that's going to be in that position because that's as unfair to her as it is that's, to not expect your fans to react. That's the thing. I mean, it, there's when, when you're going to put yourself on a stage for people to pay money to watch you, if you don't have a certain baseline amount of competence relative to expectations for that stage, you you should anticipate the possibility of I was going to say cruelty, yeah, but that sounds judgmental. But just a feeling of we paid one hundred eighty dollars for this ticket and we're watching somebody who doesn't belong in there uh, in the ring. It's cruel to make it mean spirited, but it's there's also you know there's some blame to go around in terms of why is she there if she isn't ready and is it really the fault of the fans paying money to be entertained by people who have a certain level of skill I mean you're gonna if you go to Vegas and you see a magician who's fumbling all his tricks you know you're probably gonna boo and walk out too it doesn't mean you're a bad person it just is paying a paying audience going you 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 don't belong here you're not ready yet um and that can that so but the the struggle is where is it at what point is it cruel and out of line and you know like keep your priorities straight and be a decent person also it's not that big of a deal it's not like she's the main person you paid to see and the main person you're watching the whole night but i still see the the side of it of fans going come on this person doesn't belong here but if it becomes a sport if it becomes almost bullying like we found someone who's vulnerable and has a weakness and now we're just going to try to bring her to tears that's just shameful so but ideally you just cut it off and don't put someone in a position because they have a couple traits you like to go out there and fail miserably or just look like they don't belong yeah it's it's i think of where there's this um there's there's a level that's been set when you go on television for raw and smackdown at least if this was NXT, that's where you're learning. And even though it's on TV and my misgivings are there, because, you know, like if I made a mistake doing audio with you and you can edit it out, great. But if it's live and I make a mistake, someone's going to keep that in their head for the rest of my career on NXT in a way that they wouldn't have back when it was like the, you know, coconut circuit or when Rock went down as Flex of Anna to USWA or any of these other things where you didn't have these interconnectivity things and heaven forbid you had cable television to show folks who might be neophytes on a larger scale. And her whole gimmick was I'm someone that doesn't know how to wrestle. That's learning as she goes. When it got to the point where you could see, especially with the number of professionals they have that watch and train. And, and as you've mentioned before, like take notes on the road and, and Mark, like this person's improving. This person's not, someone should have pulled her to the side and said, Hey, you're not where we need you to be. Here's the things you need to do. And if that was done and she's still not where you need her, you're failing her by putting her on television and in those crowds for those reactions. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've got a pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, Rich. I want to have time to talk about AEW here. And sure. Sting having what is possibly his final match. Um, we know how retirement's going pro wrestling, but he's advertising it as such. And given his age, um, it seems more likely than with most retirements that this is the end of his uh, in-ring official wrestling matches, um, teaming with Darby against the Young Bucks. Um, it, does this go on last, or do you, if you're Tony, do you think Tony Khan's going to protect the world title status as the the match that ends pay-per-views almost always? Um, and, and how do you feel about that decision? I think it should go on last. I think it should. And, and the reason I say it should go on last is because of the very reason and the place they're in. If you're in Greensboro Coliseum and you have Sting and Ric Flair on your card, there is no place for them, especially in Sting's final match, but the main event. 
I think the history, and this is where like the O'Shea Jackson argument from last week has its biggest proponent. Because O'Shea last week, his issue was, I'm interested in AEW. I ask on Twitter, who's this dude? I don't know who this dude is. The answer is you should have Googled it. You're, you're, you just hate us. You're WWE show, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's flip it. This Sunday, I need to know more about Greensboro Coliseum. Now, I know it because of Bruce Mitchell. who used to work here, and you know I just visited him, and I sat, and I, it's really, I, I really appreciate that. This isn't something I'm going to write about this uh, week once my son no longer has hockey practices or birthday party planning or all that stuff. But, like, Greensboro Coliseum is one of those rare places where, like, we talked about the Sportatorium when we when we watched uh, the Iron Claw and, you know, in AWA, uh, where where was the uh, AWA's uh, pinnacle wrestling venue? Uh, St. Paul Civic Center. Okay, so you for, to, for me, do people I mean, still go yeah. there? Uh, the XL Energy Center has since uh, taken its place on the same spot, on the same corner. Oh, I hate when they, it's like literally this, <laughs> oh, we have a couple of places like that in Pittsburgh. And it's like, why, why would you do that? And it's, it's interesting that this is like wrestling history. Mm-hmm. I would, and I know they don't have access to some of the footage of matches that have occurred there, but you could have, you have access to the people as long as they're not under contract to say WWE. And you could talk about what it felt like being there. I, and by people, I mean, not just wrestlers. I'm talking about fans that are there. Like if you want to grab people and sit them down, it's like, talk about the excitement what what is what was your favorite staying experience? What was your favorite thing about seeing Ric Flair in Greensboro? What was your favorite thing about the Horsemen in Greensboro? Get these feelings out because there needs to be, and and I think that's where Tony makes the mistake because even when he responded to O'Shea, I don't think he's understanding. Sure, when you're looking forward and you're in the present and you are unsure or unaware of a wrestler, there needs to be some information. But I think for the good of if you're going to be the arbiter or the self-supposed savior of pro wrestling, there should be an interconnectivity outside of when you deem it okay. And the reason I say that is with Sting, it isn't just the guy in this pro face paint who says it's showtime from TNA and got really screwed from his WWE run that you're trying to make amends with. It's also the guy who you guys drove to see his biggest Title win because yet you got wind and you thought this was going to be the night. It's also the guy that even though he might not have had the greatest title run in the history of uh, the company at the time, he's now survived in a way and has been across so many generations that it deserves to be in a main event. And if you're the Young Bucks and you're Darby Allen and you're Tony Khan and you're whomever else in the back, this needs to be Kind of like when, for those of you who aren't understanding what I'm trying to say, I was talking to Sean Radican about this uh, earlier today uh, when we have to review in a few weeks the uh, WWE 2K game. Like, I want in a video game, just like in real life, for you to know the importance of Greensboro. Like, as a New Yorker, I knew the importance of the Hammerstein Ballroom or uh, Madison Square Garden or, you know, Shea Stadium. Like, this should be a place where I know it because you know it and we know it. And together as wrestling fans, we understand it. I think for Sting, that hasn't happened yet. I think we appreciate Sting and they're like, this is the last time you'll see him. It's in Greensboro. There are wrestling fans who, just like O'Shea mentioned, he didn't know, you know, uh, the gentleman from uh, CMLL who don't know the importance of Greensboro Coliseum. You should be able to educate them on it. And I feel like I, uh, if JR was a little healthier, he would have been a magnificent person to do one of those voiceovers to just talk about what that space means. Because when I went, it's very funny to me, Wade. I went to visit Bruce. They were having like a, um, it was a music festival and like an auction. So it was like two of the most random things because it's a huge space. It isn't just the arena. It's also this like event venue and all these other things. Show that. Like this very unassuming place, just like when you think about when they showed the movie version of the Sportatorium versus the real thing. These very unassuming places become wrestling landmarks, hallmarks, history makers. And I, and I feel like they need to do that more. And the very least they can do by, by highlighting the importance of it is to have him in that main event. 
Um, Finish-wise, uh, Ric Flair got injected into the storyline. Is is this a, a, a swerve on, on Flair's part? He's going to pretend he's going to turn on Sting, but then the joke is on the Bucks? Or is this a way for Flair to cost Sting the match? Or, or what? Uh, where, where do you think this is going? And how do you feel about Flair being part of this? Obviously, if you subtract certain aspects of, of flair um it's t- completely appropriate given their history together um but you can't necessarily like you know it's, it's kind of difficult to do that and now you're giving flair this real prominent role um in in a big pay-per-view potential main event f- finale on on uh, sunday night yeah i i think there's two possible paths if flair is going to be there and be involved it's the flair screws sting one last time and the bucks win the titles and they can have like a mandatory pizza party on Wednesday to celebrate and everyone's kind of pissed off. I think the more likely one for me that makes the most sense is Blair finally, instead of screwing Sting, screws the Bucks. Because we've had like 30 years of Sting just getting turned on by folks. It, actually, if this was the rich fan version of this being booked and Tony hired me for just one, it would be that Lex Luger also comes out and assists because I've, I've, I just have felt some kind of way about him constantly saying Darby Allen. It's like you're, you're, you know, if if I was around my dad's friends and I'm like playing, you know, shooting basketball with them, it's like, yeah, Rich, it's my favorite teammate in two on two. It's like, huh, was I? Like, I'm not that good. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, but I, I think if Flair helps and then they all celebrate and then Tony can do an eliminator or he can do. For me, if you want to go full, uh, I know you and Jason were talking about the rankings. I would do this. Flair helps him. They retain the titles. The Bucks on Wednesday after the pay-per-view announced that due to Sting's retirement, they're going to have to have a match between the AEW Tag Champs and the number one contenders. And wouldn't you look at it, we haven't had time to change the rankings yet. So, Darby, you're defending against us right now. And then off they pop, they steal the belts, and now you have a heel faction. And Darby can get a partner and go after him, but most likely you can allow Darby to then become a singles wrestler and move, hopefully back up the card, and make up for, as as I would say, lost time as uh, some other folks have kind of overtaken him in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about uh, what you expect to see from Sting performance-wise? Is Is this, is he... He did okay. So he was had great athleticism, like great leaping ability for a muscular guy in the late '80s when he first debuted, and then just had this this charisma that the, and and really good look that carried him through. You know, some very below par promo skills. Then in WCW, it was about you know just the, the darkness, the crow gimmick, and and the aura that he gave off, which was you know top top tier for a pro wrestler. Not a, you know it was just that X factor that he had. And then in the ring, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it, it's weird to say, but you know, he, he was sort of in his physical age prime, but he wasn't having great, like, matches. He wasn't establishing himself as a top-tier worker. It was more about the gimmick and the rafters. And, again, that he was wrestling people who weren't top, top-tier top workers at the time. Then he goes to TNA and has the walk and brawl era, you know, with Jeff Jarrett. Um, I'm not going to take a lot of bumps. I'm old. And now it's, like, practically decades later. Um, I mean, it's, like, 18 years later. And he's taking the biggest chances of his career in part – you know, I guess to earn his keep and part, it makes him feel alive. I don't know. Um, but I am a little worried uh, what he thinks the grand finale should be given the tone that he set or the expectations he set and the fact that fans approve of it and pop for it. I'm a, I, I, I just don't want to see, you know, tragedy or, or injury for somebody who most of his career did not need to take those types of chances to earn his keep to win over fans, to have good and sometimes great matches. I think it should be just a sting, like a testimonial, what they, I guess they call them in uh, the United Kingdom, where it's like a last game for a good player and you kind of just have one last hurrah. I would just like it to be a paint-by-the-number sting match. Does the sting a splash, scorpion, we get out of there. I think he's going through a table, off a ladder, something. He's going to do something crazy at some point. He doesn't need to. He has nothing to prove to anyone. I mean, part of the reason, as Tony's mentioned uh, prior to this match, that they're wrestling the Bucks is because he felt like he had one of his best matches 
and he felt like those would be the guys who would have be fun for his final match. That's fine. But as if executive vice presidents and as people in a match with him, they got to look out for that man. And again, as arbiters of pro wrestling history, if you're an executive vice president of the number two wrestling promotion that claims to be the guys that are going to hold tight to the, the history and, and importance of pro wrestling and not poo-poo it like WWE has when it's been you know culturally expedient for them to do so, that means when your legends want to do crazy things at their own expense, you stop them. Because it's not worth it. Like you said, yeah. is it worth it for them to green light and just nod like seals and he does a spot and he gets hurt? No. Just like with Rollins, you know, Bret Hart laid into him when 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 Sting got hurt with the buckle bomb. And I would argue that uh, most of these stunts he's done since have been worse than the buckle bomb, and I've been very cringed about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm I'm with you. I think this is it's not worth it. I think the juice isn't worth the squeeze with some of the stunt bumps they they allow him to do. And I know he's a grown man and he can make his own decisions, but at some point, just like uh, Tony announced this afternoon that the uh, meat uh, spectacle is off. I, I can't remember what the exact term was for meat madness. Meat man. Okay, so here's that as a quick aside because I know we're getting close to our time. Again, back to the O'Shea thing. That is the offshoot of a podcast joke that Big E made about big meaty men slapping meat that has then jumped companies and became a throwaway three-way match. What are we doing? Like Lance Archer, you you said six, you said I think four to six weeks. I love Lance Archer. That man is on television in AEW eight to twelve weeks at a time at best. Mm-hmm. And mentioning that those three gentlemen are injured and because of that, that they were not going to have the match, we're going to freeze it, which I thought was a good meat joke. I got to give him credit for that. Tony, well done. Uh, but my bigger question, going back to the Sting thing, and then adding that in is. When do you tell them to chill with some of the moves? Right. When do you tell them, I need you for longer? You mentioned that with Danielson with like the retirement series. This is great for you, but if you get hurt in Arena, Mexico, and that messes with All In, how does that help me? Right. Does it help our company? Like, I, mean, I think there has to be a give and take. Because they're, for some of the wrestlers, you know, they're getting paid well enough where they're not doing the indie dates anymore. Like, that's great. But for others, it also shouldn't be an invitation for you to do more things that put you at harm's way. And I think that's where the Sting match is kind of like at the top of that list. We don't know, because uh, we're recording before Dynamite, what Hangman Adam Page's announcement is going to be about his status. Um, so I don't know if I... I do you... Do you have certitude on what what's going to happen in terms of him being in, in, able to do the match or not? I think he's going to be able to do the match just because one of my favorite wrestlers, now that he's an agent, is disappointing me greatly because he uh, Jerry Lynn yeah. getting online and saying like, "Oh man, I guess you guys don't want to hear cliffhangers anymore." Is like, buddy, if you guys are doing the Owen Hart voice for an injury, like you can't like there can't be heat about an injury. That you're faking. Because this <laughs> happened a couple of years ago with Danielson. Remember when Danielson got stuck, quote-unquote, in the ring? And they sold it like he was severely injured. Yeah. And then I, I just saw on Twitter, you know, uh, I, I wish I had seen it at the time. Because I'm like, you know, we were doing it and everything. And I'm talking about, oh, man, that sucks. This dude's... But, you know, Danielson might fight through it. Because he's always said I'm a pathological liar when it comes to injuries. Yes. You see the video. And he's, like, writhing in pain. And Moxley's like, how do I get this close? Oh, my God. Why is he? Like, he breaks him. If I had seen that video, I'd be like, oh, this guy's just being a jerk and he's messing around. But Daniels is, like, cackling and he had to, like, hide his face from, like, shaking as Moxley just kept being Moxley and, and finally broke him. Uh, those sort of, like, that's not fun to me. It's kind of like the stuff with, uh, the, the, I love the fact that Christian used the actual address of the funeral. The, the the graveyard, mm-hmm. which is just a level of detail that shows how much of a jerk he is. <laughs> That's great in storyline, but it isn't like we're at someone's real funeral and then they're going to be like, well, this is part of the story we didn't want to tell you, but we let him show up just to add heat. Like there's yeah. a level, of, at some point it becomes a little too much. And I think with these injuries, if you're going to tell us that 
you got three guys who aren't going to be cleared for your meat madness match. And now you're going to say, you know, we're going to do the erstwhile voice for uh, Eggman. And he's going to say, you know, I'm still, nothing can stop me. Great. But if, or if that ties into the finish, if, you know, he taps, I like Jason's uh, spite tap. Especially <laughs> yes. <how> he uses, <laughs> he uses yes. so many of the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and Rip Richard Black uh, uh, gifts when he's doing things like that would be such a great, like, I won't let you win. So here you go. Let this guy have it. Uh, but yeah, so that's how I feel about that. I think it's going to come out and he's going to be ready to, he'll be able to wrestle. Uh, but then if this is like the meta mind F of, we set you up with a worked injury that became a real injury that we worked that really led to him being injured at that point, I don't care. You're just wasting your own time. Well, and then you have the aspect of it's a worked injury because there's a personal issue he's dealing with and he, ha- he can't be there on Sunday, which I don't even know, you know, like, right. Yeah. It's like, sometimes you can just twist yourself into an untenable situation with your fan base. If, if you try to create a real injury that people know it isn't real because it's hard to keep secrets in wrestling, not impossible, but it's really for another reason. He's not going to, and then he ends up not being on the show, but it's because of an injury that you faked because you just didn't want to put sympathy on him for something going on for real. It can get, it just gets convoluted, but I don't want to talk too much more about it because we'll, we'll just know more in a yeah. matter of minutes. Um, Rich, let's, let's wrap up there and let's uh, hopefully circle back before Sunday night. Cause we'll have more we can cover as far as revolution goes. Once we see the final hype on dynamite tonight, um, the final dynamite hype, they'll still be rampage, but um and uh, and then, you know, we'll hit on, on some other topics that, that we didn't get to today, too, because I know we're up against the clock with Dynamite starting momentarily here. Um, but if people want exactly. to contribute to your mailbag, Rich, uh, the Everything Mailbag, how can they do that? Yeah, and we were supposed to do it on Sunday. That was my bad. I had some family stuff come up, and I was unable to do so. Everything with Rich at gmail.com. Myself and Josh Mustachio will be doing one this Sunday. So look out for that. Uh, we have a multitude of things to cover. In addition to uh, a show, thanks to Kylan Furlow, we watched and uh, we'll give you some thoughts on. So definitely anything you want uh, in terms of uh, wrestling questions, as well as suggestions for us. Uh, you know, much like O'Shea, anything that's off the beaten path, if you want us to watch it, we will watch it. Just give us a way to get back home and we'll be good. Give us a road to get, you know, like a little piece of rope to get back out of the woods. We'll be fine. So everything with Rich at gmail.com. Rich, we will, uh, if Ogo says plan, talk to you in the next few days and we'll uh, have follow up on Dynamite and uh, some other topics. Sounds like a plan. Great. And uh, you sounded fine, Rich. Don't, don't. You did not sound like two <laughs> nasal. All right. 